let's go. I'm a bulldog. So George, who won't pick Okay, everybody. Good evening, uh, Dog Nation. This is uh, Jeff Sintel, your intrepid recruiting insider, uh, holding the golf club of all things. But uh, checking in with you guys on another um, Wednesday night. It is Before the Hedges, brought to you by Kroger. Hope everybody's doing good out there. Is everybody getting some of that good juju? Some of those good vibes from some of those NCA sources, some of those reports that are trickling out on social media about June 1st. You see some of the Bulldogs like Demetrius Robertson are tweeting out that they will be hightailing it like Sonic the Hedgehog to get to Athens, Georgia on uh, June the 1st. So that is very interesting, very positive news for everybody to uh, as everybody just starts chopping wood, so to say, as they say around Dog Nation starts chopping wood and getting back to the business of the fall schedule and preparations for the 2020 football season. Um, I want to know, first of all, how's everybody feel about that? Is that something that for a lot of you guys out there, that's the first real, I guess, germination of hope uh, of something to feel like, okay, now this is a significant, a significant step in the right direction. I want to know how you guys feel about that. And uh, as we get started, I want to know, I want to make sure everybody, uh, uh, I want to know how everybody's doing. Everybody, can you hear me okay? How are the sound checks out there? Um, just for old times' sakes, if you can give me a thumbs up or even your favorite emoji on either uh, YouTube or Facebook uh, to let the world know you're there and everything's coming across okay. And then we'll jump into the meat of our show. Let me check. Uh, let me see. I guess I'm going to give a coin flip here. I'm going to check YouTube first, see how everybody's doing on YouTube. Uh, how's everybody doing tonight? Has anybody getting, gotten themselves some good groceries from Kroger? Have they filled in, uh, filled up the – have you let Kroger fill up the back of your trunk with a uh, order where you had free pickup and they brought it out to you? I hope hope that's going okay for everybody. Um See, there you go. There goes YouTube popping off when I pull up. Uh, Al McConnell, Wyatt Field, and Elite GB. Hey, guys, how does everybody feel about all that? Everybody everybody getting some of that, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's starting to come back around again. Um, uh, Chili Vic, man. Hey, you're welcome, sir. CV, thanks for uh, checking in from uh, Baton Rouge or uh, Tiger Country, wherever you're at. Uh, Pat D, how are you doing? SC dogs, everybody get everybody gives me uh, Colby Curry. Thanks for the Hefe. You'd be surprised how many people come across with Hefe. Uh, I guess I consider that a uh, a term used among friends, and I certainly consider everybody out there among friends. I guess the Dog Nation highlight for today before we get started is that, what everybody think about Brandon Adams back in the studio. Did he look a little bit more distinguished with that beard? Inside uh, Dog Nation World Headquarters, what did how did everybody think about that? Did you get a chance to catch the show this morning? So, guys, we—if uh, you see the headline—I was thinking about a ways to take this show, and I was trying to think about a way to structure things without giving away the top targets, but in some ways enhancing the top targets. Um. And what I was kind of looking for was uh, a way to just kind of discuss what I see. There are five teams left for Georgia and that I would that I would say stand in the way of Georgia having the biggest and most robust recruiting class they possibly 
can muster up together in 2021. Uh, I guess that topic's on my mind because everyone knows uh, recently, uh, you know, just yesterday, a great football player from the state of Georgia, Barrett Carter, the inside linebacker out of North Gwinnett High School. He chose uh, Clemson as his college home, and everybody knows what happens when a young man commits to Clemson. No more visits, no more deviation. That one seems like a stone-cold lead pipe lock. Uh, for, for me and the way I do things, I really, I really look at Georgia so far, and everybody's wondering. They're, they're asking me on the Dog Nation forum about uh, – they're asking me on the Dog Nation forum about, hey, what's up with all this crystal ball traffic? This hasn't been a good week for Georgia recruiting. I think first and foremost, the thing I will say is relax, folks. It's May. Things will be just fine. Things might even be better than ever. Can very well be better than ever for any Georgia recruiting class going forward. Still in the month of May. I'd like to remind folks that Georgia only has seven uh, public commitments, but I think they've done a lot of the work where the hay is in the barn. Uh, Beyond that, uh, in terms of maxing out or maybe building out this recruiting class in the near future. Uh, But in terms of Barrett, I'm not going to chop it up any other way that this is a great football player. I would consider him to be one of the one of the only four significant misses for Georgia so far in the 2021 recruiting cycle. Uh, I'm not going to count Caleb Williams as a miss for Georgia because, A, number one, he's not committed anywhere yet. But, B, Georgia kind of dipped out of the Caleb Williams sweepstakes by accepting and gleefully accepting the commitment of Brock Vandegrift uh, in the 2021 recruiting class at quarterback. That is an anchor commitment for, for Georgia for this class at quarterback. So I consider um, – I don't consider Caleb Williams a miss. I would consider Trevion Henderson out of, Ohio, out of uh, Virginia as a miss. He chose uh, Ohio State even though he'd never taken a visit to Ohio State, kind of like what J.K. Robbins did right there. J.K. Dobbins did, excuse me, back in the day for the Buckeyes. Uh, I consider Trevion Henderson a miss. I would consider Mario Williams at, at one point. Mario Williams was the number one receiver for Georgia on the recruiting board. Uh, for 2021, uh, he recently chose Oklahoma over the last week. But as you guys will notice, uh, both the names Mario Williams and Barrett Carter drifted off the top targets list, which you guys will see in a minute uh, over the last uh, month or so. Uh, then I would also be bringing a young man who I think his recruiting still has some a little bit of leg room left to go. But that is outside linebacker Damian Robinson out of Maryland. He chose his home state, Maryland Terrapins. But for all the things that are going on, you could bring up Lee, Lee Hunter. You could bring up Rod Rod Dilworth. You could bring up um, even Will Shipley. You know, I wouldn't call any of those guys a miss for Georgia in this 2021 recruiting cycle so far. Uh, so going forward, and I did have Barrett Carter in there as well. So going forward, I really see five programs that are in the way of Georgia where they will kind of have their five biggest recruiting battles going forward. And it's pretty simple. It's pretty straightforward. There's no need to drum it up. Uh, But the fifth of those, as I see, is the Auburn Tigers. I think the Auburn Tigers are kind of sort of in it for a couple of targets on Georgia's board. But mainly, I think that would be Schmile Munden uh, out of uh, Paulding County. I actually think that it's it's the, the closest threat or the biggest threat factor for Georgia to securing the commitment of one uh, Schmile Munden. Uh, who's supposed to commit in June, June something. We wrote about that recently on dognation.com. But I think it's the Auburn Tigers. He's not visited uh, LSU yet. Uh, He never got that visit to Oklahoma. His top four is Georgia, Auburn, Tennessee, and LSU. 
Uh, I don't think uh, there's as much uh, momentum to the Volunteers' push for Sense, Mayo, Munden as is out there. So that's one big target for Auburn, I see, standing in Georgia's way of having the best possible recruiting class for uh, uh, 2021. That puts Auburn number five on my ranking right here. Next up on the hierarchy is Michigan, the Michigan Wolverines. We don't usually see Georgia in a uh, tight-fisted recruiting battle with the Michigan Wolverines, but I've got the Michigan there and uh, Jim Harbaugh's program because of Georgia. I think it all boils down to Donovan Edwards. Donovan Edwards would be the probably the jewel, uh, one of the jewels of uh, Georgia's running back recruiting over the last two or three years. I think he's a perfect complement to Lavazia Carroll uh, in the class uh, at 2021 at running back. I can even see scenarios where Lavazia Carroll would become an athlete in this class and Georgia might pursue even another running back beyond Donovan Edwards. But for Georgia and the Bulldogs to finish in a top 10, top two recruiting class to be exactly where they need to be, uh, where they've been over the last four, three or four cycles under Kirby Smart, I see, I see Michigan with that one remaining head-to-head with um, – that one remaining head-to-head for Donovan Edwards is the biggest, as the fourth biggest foil, let's say, in terms of Georgia with the biggest recruiting battles they will face going forward. Number three on that list is the North Carolina Tar Heels, and that's solely for, for really one name, but I really see two names, and I'm sure Georgia uh, would be in a much better position, as would a lot of schools, for uh, Javari Ritzy out of North Carolina, out of Glenn High School in Kernsville, North Carolina, if not for the North Carolina Tar Heels. But that's kind of a, a sidebar uh, recruiting battle for there with Georgia. The main event there is Tony Grimes, the five-star cornerback uh, uh, out of uh, Princess Anne School in Virginia, uh, nation's number one corner for the 2021 cycle. Reminder, Tony Grimes is expected to drop his top three, I believe, on the final day of this month on May the 30th. Uh, and I would think that Georgia and you, North Carolina, would be the top two contenders there. Uh, that's according to my information. And then um, it leaves two schools, and I bet most of you guys can realize who those two schools are. We've already mentioned one of them. Uh, one of them would be the Clemson Tigers. Uh, Clemson, who just won the won the battle for uh, Barrett Carter. Uh, you look at you you look at Clemson. They're in the mix for Georgia with two with two big targets. One of those is James Williams, the terrific five-star safety out of South Florida. I think Clemson is kind of like a, an in the picture uh, type school there uh, with James Williams, but they're also in the, in the picture there for Dallas Turner recently offered uh, Dallas Turner is the four-star outside linebacker. His recruiting rankings just keep going up and up and uh, Dallas Turner and James Williams. Those are two really pivotal, big remaining recruiting battles for the Georgia Bulldogs that they will have to kind of put up their dukes with for the Clemson Tigers. And the second thing, um, and, the, and that would that would be the number two potential foil in the way for Georgia for the 2021 class. And number one, folks, if you can guess, I'm sure you probably can by now, uh, the number one team in Georgia's way from accomplishing all it needs to in the uh, 2021 cycle, uh, at 2020 cycle for their recruiting would be the Alabama Crimson Tide. And with Alabama – uh, <laughs> with Alabama, uh, it seems like it's kind of a normal thing. Alabama started to pick up some recruits. Um, Alabama started to pick up some recruits of late. But when you look at Alabama, they intersect with three big names for Georgia and its potential closing kick. 
for the Georgia recruiting class of 2021. Uh, and I and I look at these guys as sure some of these schools are are, are on Georgia's board for other guys, but I think of I think of guys like Dallas Turner, I think of guys like James Williams, Smile Munden, Amarius Mims, and Tony Grimes as really the de facto um, deal makers or the momentum recruits for Georgia's remaining push for their 2021 recruiting class. And the biggest uh, schools in the way for those five most impactful recruits. Um, it has to start. It has to start with Alabama because Alabama still probably the leader right now for Dallas Turner. Uh, they're probably the number two school there for James Williams, um, the five-star safety out of South Florida we mentioned earlier. And I think that Alabama is also the only really major potential foil for the Bulldogs as well with five-star offensive tackle at Marius Men. So going down the order, we're going to go from uh, biggest impact biggest impediment biggest hurdle in the way in terms of program you would start with um you would start with auburn then you would go to michigan after that would be north carolina north carolina followed by clemson and then finally with alabama very interesting that you have two acc schools that are kind of button heads with georgia for some of their top remaining prospects in the 2021 class i find that very interesting and you know randy hall on uh, facebook uh, kind of brings up a good point and if, if you want to talk about um, though, that conversation we just had about the five biggest rivals or foils, I'm kind of, kind of fond of calling them right now. Those are the ones that keep Georgia from being the typical top two, top three, number one class. Um, there's one recruitment, and you'll see on the top targets list in a minute, that I think is, I'm going to call it the domino recruitment uh, for Georgia in the 2021 cycle. And I think it all centers around the big five-star defensive tackle, Mason Smith. Now, Mason Smith has never visited Georgia. Um, he will very likely visit Georgia when the official visit, the green light for unofficial or official and on-campus recruiting gets going again. But with Mason Smith, I think Mason Smith is the key to a lot of things for perhaps maybe the greatest recruiting class Georgia's ever put up and maybe – arguably, potentially the greatest recruiting class in modern history. You got to go all the way back to the 2010 Florida Gators with the likes of uh, Tim Tebow and Percy Harvin for something like that. But with, um, with, with Mason Smith, he's so important because, A, he's a five-star defensive tackle. Those are always at a premium. That's the differences between, I guess, what Alabama and LSU have had on their defensive fronts compared to Georgia over the past few years. It's kind of the one position on Georgia's uh, entire depth chart that's just not scattered and smothered with elite uh, All-American type talent. Uh, but then it's very important because this is a kind of an interlocking uh, recruiting process here because if Georgia could ever get in some type of way, shape, form, or fashion where it becomes the leader for Mason Smith, then I think that will also bring Corey Foreman right to the nucleus of Georgia's class as well. Those guys want to play together. Uh, those guys want to play together. Um, those guys both have Georgia in common as a school of mutual interest. And if the Bulldogs could ever get in really, really great there with um, uh, Mason Smith first, Corey Foreman second, I think it would open all doors for Georgia in the 2021 uh, recruiting class. And that would give Georgia the express lane, uh, the HOV lane to having the number one recruiting class in the country. At least as, at least that's what I think. Uh, if you guys saw that brief pause with my initials on there and full, uh, full transparency, full disclosure, those are my kids calling me right now. 
they're actually very certain that they deserve some more Xbox Live time tonight. Uh, and we have house rules that's kind of hard for dad to approve screen time on his uh, on their accounts when he's currently broadcasting live to all of Dog Nation on a Wednesday night. Only been doing this for the past, I don't know, five years now. So uh, I wonder if they'll ever get the picture on all of that. All right, that's our first segment kind of out of the way. We, 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 we gave you a little bit of bonus segment there about Mason Smith and kind of what he means. Because if Georgia could get Mason Smith, and that would mean what happens then with a guy like Tyrion Ingram Dawkins, who just took a huge boost up the 24-7 sports rankings to the nation's number five offensive tackle. He was going to commit. He didn't commit after he released his top six. Now he's going to commit in June on his birthday, late June on his birthday. Uh, but I think if Georgia um, knew exactly what it was going to do with um, – knew exactly what it was going to do with, um, you know, spots like Leonard Taylor's spot and um, also, uh, um, you know, Corey, what happens with uh, Mason Smith. If Mason Smith's in the class, I think it clears up a lot of the dominoes and the momentum recruits left for Georgia in the 2021 cycle. Um, one thing to get to right now, let's move on to our top targets. Our top targets uh, – is something we have every week. It's a staple. You're going to see some movement towards the back half of the top targets right now. Uh, so let's just jump right into that. Reminder, folks, the top targets are the prospects that we see that we determine to be the uh, biggest remaining targets for Georgia on the board. It's a combination of depth chart need. It's the combination of the chances of Georgia um, putting in uh, – Putting in, if you, if, if the, pro, the the chances of Georgia putting in um, the best possible recruiting class possible, but it's like, how can Georgia? Do they have a chance to, to recruit these prospects? Is there a legitimate chance to recruit these prospects? Uh, is there a depth chart need? Could the player come in and make a big impact? Uh, will the recruiting class be different? Uh, if it doesn't have players like that involved. And those are all concepts to think about when we look at our top targets. And our number 13 top target for this week uh, is going to be um, Deion Colsey out of Athens Academy. Takes a dip this week just a little bit, but Deion Colsey, uh, former Notre Dame commitment, uh, currently uncommitted. Uh, Deion Colsey comes in at number 13 on the list. Uh, he's taking a dip from a couple of uh, – Taking a dip from a couple of weeks, but uh, he is number 13. Number 12 is the aforementioned Mason Smith, a five-star defensive tackle out of Terrenbaum, uh, Louisiana, number 11. Kind of got those guys packaged together is Corey Foreman. Uh, Corey Foreman, uh, the five-star uh, defensive end out of Corona, California. Uh, don't know if we have the graphics for this, but I'm just going to go ahead and go through them all right now. Uh, Corey Foreman would be the uh, – um, defensive end reminder, he won the opening last year, uh, as a junior beat out a lot of top guys of line, like Javon Dexter, uh, Demonte Capehart, those guys, one guy, one of those guys went to Florida. Another one of those guys went to Clemson. He was the defensive line MVP, uh, one Corey Foreman. Also Brian Brzee was also in that, uh, group as well as a senior, but Corey Foreman was dubbed the best overall defensive line MVP at the opening finals out in Texas last July. Uh, number 10, this guy moves up three spots. That's Xavier Sori Jr. If all you wise guy uh, recruitings out there are looking at that and saying, that's exactly what Jeff's doing. He's moving up Xavier Sori as kind of the, this is the guy that's expected to fill the Barrett 
Carter spot in this class. That's kind of what I feel. He's out of Graceville, Florida. Uh, Alabama is uh, the major. Um, Alabama is the major school right there that Georgia would be uh, fighting with for uh, Xavier and Sori. I think Georgia has picked up a lot of recent momentum there with Xavier and Sori Jr. He's out of Graceville, Florida, rated very highly by 24-7 Sports. Um, his stock has gone up this week. Number nine is Brock Bowers. Brock Bowers, everybody, did everybody see that tweet recently where Brock Bowers was being recruited to Georgia by Brock Vandegrift, that Brock-to-Brock connection for touchdowns? Uh, Brock Bowers is out of Napa High School in Napa, California. He's moving all the way up to number nine this week. And he is certainly uh, very rarely do uh, I'll give you guys some full disclosure about what life is like as a recruiting reporter. Um, when my wife learned that Georgia had a major target out of Napa, California, she kind of proceeded, uh, bless her heart, to ask me more in the history of my, my time here at Dog Nation. Um, she proceeded to ask for more updates about Brock Bowers than probably uh, Zamir White, uh, Jamari Salyer, uh, Keely Ringo, Kendall Milton, all those guys put together. In terms of, uh, you know, Napa, everybody loves that wine country. Everybody loves the chance to uh, she loved the chance to get uh, a companion fare for me out to uh, Napa, California. Uh, number eight, uh, he was at number eight last week. That is Br- Dylan Fairchild out of West Forsyth High School. He recently established his top six. He's at a coming Georgia. That's the state heavyweight champion. Um, D- Dylan Fairchild. Keeps his stock keeps rising. I think he's a top 42, 45 overall prospect for 24-7 sports. Um, Dylan Fairchild, state heavyweight champion. He's number eight this week on our May the 20th, 2020 top targets list on Before the Hedges. Uh, moving down into number seven now, uh, Peach County's Terrence Ferguson. Did everybody see the tweet recently from uh, Terrence Ferguson that uh, that was about Terrence Ferguson that was sent from former Peach County High uh, grad, Peach County Trojan alum, uh, Kiaris Jackson out of Fort Valley. He went to the same high school. It's pretty funny when you think about how that comes full circle. Uh, when uh, when uh, Kiaris Jackson committed to Georgia, I was there. We did the commitment video for Kiaris Jackson way back in the day. That was the one with the inflatable water slide, if you can recall that Uh Kiaris Jackson. Well, Terrence Ferguson was a, a, a 2021 prospect there that day for a member of the 2018 class. Uh, Terrence Ferguson was there. I can remember him at that time saying very good things about Georgia, hopeful for his future, hopeful he was going to be good enough to earn an offer from the University of Georgia. Now, fast forward a long time to here we are in May of 2020, and Ferguson has had his Georgia offer for, I think, three years now, maybe four Uh and he's seen as one of the top 75 overall prospects in the country. Can play guard or tackle. He remains at number seven. Number six, we've got Dallas Turner uh, out of uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Uh, pass rusher, you've got um, pass rusher. You've got a really, really great pass rusher there. He was the South Florida Defensive Player of the Year. Now Clemson's in there a little bit now, as we mentioned earlier. Clemson recently offered. I'm sure the. The Tigers will probably do their best to get a visit once um, recruiting can reopen. Quick reminder there, folks, that recruiting cannot happen on campus until at least through the end of June. That's according to the most recent NCAA legislation. Uh, number five is Shmile Munden Jr. Shmile Munden also saw his stock rise recently on 24-7 Sports. He is now a composite five-star 
and a five-star on 24-7 sports as well. Um, we say the same things about him every every week here on our Before the Hedges program. He's always been on the top top slide of names, it seems like to me. But uh, with Smile, got some clarification. Did you guys see the recent Dog Nation story where we um, – we got information on the record about his top four. There was no particular order, but it was Georgia, Tennessee, Auburn, and LSU. With Shmile Munden, uh, got some good information, some good intel from his head coach. Uh, that tweet he sent out, 6 blank 20. Um, it was not 6-20, June 20th, but it's sometime in the month of June. If he's feeling it, he will make his decision. He uh, doesn't need any recruiting, more, more recruiting visits to make his decision. And we also learned that no silent commitment had likely been made at this time. And uh, Shmael Munden has spent a lot of time talking to coaches of late. And um, he was one of those guys, you know, kind of a casualty of his recruiting arc was that he wanted to wait as long as he could into his senior year so coaches could come flock to see his other teammates, the other guys on the program. And uh, coronavirus and the global pandemic kind of uh, threw a double A gap blitz into all of that. Uh, number four, Donovan Edwards. I think that's a true three-down back in uh, Todd Munkin's offense. I think he had over 500 yards receiving. I think he had five receiving touchdowns. He had like 1,000, 1,100 yards rushing out of West Bloomfield, Michigan. I see Michigan as the big, full, the big contender there. I think Notre Dame is also another contender for Donovan Edwards as well. I think Georgia's in a very good spot with Donovan Edwards. Did everybody see uh, another thing I want to pull out on so, from social media if everybody saw – um, there was an edit that involved Georgia's RBU. Uh, Donovan Edwards was included in that edit along with Lavoisier Carroll. And in the foreground, excuse me, in the background was a lot of the, the luminary uh, Georgia running back recruits of years past. And I think even my good buddy Brandon Adams discussed that on his first one back in the chamber, uh, first one back in Dog Nation World Headquarters, the first show back in his studio today. Um, number three, Mary Smims. Uh, still currently slated to make his decision in October on his birthday. I still wonder if it's going to go that long. By five-star offensive tackle, I call him the Eclipse a lot because what he what he would be able to do to block out uh, the pass rush heat uh, coming on either Carson Beck or Dwan Mathis or Brock Vandergriff's uh, blindside should he choose the University of Georgia. Six, seven and a half. Reminder: He was a tight end uh, his sophomore year at Bleckley County uh, at Bleckley County. Um, six, seven and a half, about 325 or so. Uh, recently did a 360 pound bench press. To me, it feels like Georgia and Alabama. LSU's in there as well. I know this young man wants to take official visits to places like Oklahoma, Oregon, and USC as well. But uh, Amarius Mims certainly did. Every, we we, we kind of highlighted a tweet he shared recently on our last week's program where uh, I think uh, Amarius Mims said he got 34 talks. 34 phone calls or Zooms in one day. Number two, James Williams. Folks, for me, I think James Williams is the best, pure, most impactful uh, year one football player in, in the state of, in the United States, in America for the 2021 cycle. It's about six, four and a half, about 220 pounds. When I see him play football on his film, I think it is almost borderline uh, criminal that he has, he gets to spend another season of high school football hitting some other, other family's child. He looks like he's, he would be a day one, week one, week two type starter in whatever program he wanted to go to. Uh, his final three has always been has been Clemson and uh, Georgia and Alabama, and it's been that way for quite some time. Georgia has continued to be in a very good spot for James Williams. Uh, Mr. Williams has also uh, waited um, 
uh, basically when he could take visits, mostly he t- took his visits to Georgia. He did make mention that when uh, the coronavirus uh, curtain went up and everybody could get back to college campuses, the one visit he wanted to take was to see the Clemson Tigers. Number one, we have uh, Tony Grimes out of Princess Anne High School in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Great young man on and off the field. Folks, I think he's actually the the really, truly pure, best pure cornerback that Georgia has recruited in the last, probably in the last three or four cycles. I think he's the best pure, now that I think about it, the best pure. And what I mean pure is that guy's strictly a cornerback. You don't look at him and you don't think that guy might be a safety, that might guy be a hybrid, that guy might be a star, uh, or, you know, one of those type guys. I think when you see Tony Grimes, you see a very good technically sound cornerback when perhaps you couldn't say those things for guys like uh, – Tyson Campbell and also even Keely Ringo in the 2020 recruiting class as well. Um, those are your uh, top targets right there. And guys, guess what? We've got a special. Uh, got a, We've got a special segment. We're going to call this halftime of top targets. Uh, we've got a special announcement before the hedges. Of course, is brought to you by uh, our sponsor Kroger. And I got to bring you a message right now from a very familiar face from one of our sponsors. So let's hear about what's going on right now at your nearby Kroger. We'll get back to the show in just a moment, but first, a quick word from Kroger. Kroger has made shopping for the groceries and household essential items that you need even easier by offering free pickup. Just shop online, choose a pickup time convenient for you, and Kroger will carefully pick out your order and bring it to your vehicle when you arrive. So the next time you're ready to shop at Kroger, take advantage of the free pickup. It's just another way that Kroger is fresh for everyone. All right, guys, we're back. Can everybody guess uh, who that uh, well-paid and uh, facial hair-enriched commercial spokesman that was? I'll give you guys a few seconds and a few guesses to figure out if you guys can recognize that voice. A pretty good job uh, done by our guys behind the glass. That's Michael Carvel, Brandon Adams, of course, uh, putting together that commercial spot. Hey, that's the first one of those we've had inside the middle of a Before the Hedges program uh, in terms of a commercial. So that was pretty nice to see right there. Uh, You guys got some questions? I got a couple more topics I want to get through right now. Uh, But I'm going to take some time to to go over a couple of uh, questions, if you got them. And also... Kind of got some headlines I wanted to throw your way this week. Did everybody see uh, Corey Collier? That's out of Palmetto High in Miami, Florida. Corey Collier uh, released his final six. That's a kind of a safety cornerback uh, hybrid, one of those adaptable players, much like a Tyreek Stevenson, much like a Tyson Campbell, much like a Mark Webb Jr. Uh, Devon Wilson, throw him in that mix as well. Corey Collier is a guy I think he just really needs to visit Georgia have a good visit to see Georgia and, his, and, and see his family and, and get his family to see this program up close as well. I think that's a guy that Georgia could have a shot with. Of course, you don't see him on the top targets list. But um, if I can remember correctly, his top six or his final six, as one might have expected, is he had uh, he had Clemson in there. He had Georgia in there. He had uh, Florida State, Miami, and Florida, those three in-state schools in there as well for Corey Collier. So that's a pretty loaded, a pretty big time, uh, a big time uh, final six there for Corey uh, Collier. And he also had, I believe, if memory serves, um, he had the uh, 
Tennessee Volunteers in his top six as well. Uh, you know, everybody says momentum, momentum, momentum. That's what's happening right now with uh, Tennessee's recruiting class. Uh, the, other, the other name to bring up is Christian Zachary. That's a young man who I think is a talented pass rusher out of Carrollton High School in Georgia. I think he can play for Georgia. I don't know whether uh, he, he released his top six uh, today, actually, and Georgia made the top six. You, you didn't see Florida in there, which a lot of folks on the Dog Nation uh, message board forum uh, found to be quite amusing. And you didn't see, uh, but you did see, you did see Tennessee in there. You saw Georgia, you saw Missouri, you saw Colorado, uh, you saw a very interesting mix of schools that were uh, that were in there for uh, Christian Zachary. Missouri, interesting. Colorado, interesting. Uh, Georgia was in there um you know so you had a lot of schools that were uh that made a very interesting top six so christian zachary he's the young man uh, he calls himself the reverend or folks call him the reverend a uh, very faith-based young man he wears his uh, christian faith directly on his sleeve very interesting and insightful young man to talk to uh it's interesting for me because he moved in the middle of his junior season uh to uh, check out uh, to Carrollton High School. He did not play last year, and that gave him the chance to uh, – he basically was a scout teamer. So everybody needs to see – he started to make some havoc in the elite junior game at McEachern High School. He was voted the defensive MVP there. I think he had double-digit tackles, tons of pressures, a couple of sacks. Uh, and then he proceeded – and the what little taste that we that we got to see of camps – uh, he also he also held him held it down very well and fared very well in those camps as well. Uh, Christian Zachary, um, he's a guy that uh, you wonder what might happen. Is he a, an option for Georgia? Is he a, a take right now? I don't know if Georgia has a room right now to consider taking a, a scholarship commitment right now from uh, a commitment from Christian Zachary with guys like Chaz Chambliss and Dallas Turner and um, other guys at outside linebacker that they also like a whole bunch too. You got to remember Elijah Judy is already in the class. Uh, Xavier Sorian's out there as a guy that would most likely fit an inside linebacker, but could also be an outside linebacker. He's, he's that athletic um, as well. I wanted to make sure um, Corey Collier was very interesting. His former top 10 was Clemson, LSU, Florida, Ohio State, Georgia, Florida State, Auburn, Syracuse. Interesting Syracuse there. Um, and Penn State and Miami. Uh, that was his top 10. And then he went down to his final six, or top six he described. He has uh, Miami, LSU, Georgia, Clemson, uh, Florida, and Florida State in there as well uh, in his top six right there. Um, we mentioned earlier about Tyrion Ingram's Dawkins. Uh, Tyrion Ingram Dawkins out of Gaffney, South Carolina. He moved up to the nation's number 86 overall prospect and number five defensive tackle for 2021 for 24-7 sports. Um, that's a big jump for him. I think he went up some 130, 140 spots, and you kind of wonder where he fits right there in the ideal close to Georgia's defensive line recruiting uh, with the likes of the aforementioned Leonard Taylor and also uh, Mason Smith as well. You got Lee Hunter in there. You got Tim Keenan in there. Uh, you got some other thoughts to look at there on the defensive line for the Georgia Bulldogs. Those were some of the bigger uh, headlines over the last 24, 36 hours that I found to be of interest, along with all that juice recently about um, 
all the all this all the news coming out today about June first, NCAA will allow schools to start getting back at their discretion. Uh, beginning in June first, uh, Ohio State's supposed to show up on June the eighth. Uh, now you hear talk. There's a plan coming out of some of the Ohio State media. I thought I found this very interesting. The Ohio State media uh, was reporting today that the athletic director uh, at, at Ohio State, uh, Gene Smith, had said that. Uh, he can envision a scenario where um, there would be 25,000, perhaps 20 to 30,000 fans inside Ohio Stadium for the Buckeyes this fall. They would reduce the amount of gates. They would obviously increase social distancing. That would basically reduce the stadium's capacity by 66 percent. And that would be a way for maybe a select few to be able to watch some of those big football games in person this fall. And then you start wondering who gets in the door for that. Is that students? Better be students at least. Uh, is that family members? It better be family members at least as well. And then who else would get into the um, get into the stadium for those big games as well? Going to be very very difficult. It's kind of like when I used to cover high school football back in the day, and they would hold um, state championship games at a at a Bryant Denny Stadium or a Jordan Hare Stadium. Uh, what that was like is it you just didn't get the same acoustics. It wasn't the same feeling when the lower bowl held as many as 30,000 people, uh, but the stadium was designed to hold three times that many. Um, most of those that that were in the know that have been doing that for a while always felt that it would have been better to hold state championships and perhaps a stadium the size of Georgia Southern's or Troy's um, in the state of Alabama because then that would feel like a really rowdy environment and a really packed house as well. So those were some of the, so those were some of the headlines that I thought were of interest uh today uh you guys got questions i'm here for your questions um robert barnes brings up a good question he wants to know how these players can jump up so many spots and drop so many when there hasn't been any camps or spring ball i think a lot of that has to do with maybe guys finally getting a full evaluation Tyrion ingram dawkins is a great example because his his junior film didn't come out until the maybe early part or a lot later than some of his peers. And he didn't have a lot of good freshman and sophomore tape as a guy that was already on, you know, kind of on, on every, on everybody's radar. Uh, Dawkins TID is what a lot of folks call him the dog nation forum. Um, he's a guy that, you know, played some basketball, was kind of a frustrated, frustrated, big, a frustrated power forward. And now he's up to about six, five and about two, 300 pounds. And, he has great ability, especially in between the tackles and uh, across the line of scrimmage. You start wondering, you know, is he uh, if Georgia includes him in its final signing class, that's certainly going to be a win for the Bulldogs. But you also wonder, you know, this is kind of people feeling like J.R. Reed a little bit and eating greedy with their recruiting classes. You know, Terry Mingren Dawkins is great, but everybody wants to start thinking about what about a Lee Hunter? What about a. What about a Mason Smith? And then what all the potential riff, ripple effects of Mason Smith might be? What about a Leonard Taylor? Leonard Taylor is a guy that I think is an edge player. He could play out maybe a five technique. And then that would allow, if Georgia was able to sign, to pull off a, you know, one of those big, everybody would cross their fingers for that one on Dog Nation. If Georgia could pull off a Mason Smith signing, that would certainly, and I would just equate it, you know, I don't want to get it twisted for everybody out there. It would be like adding another Jalen Carter or Trayvon Walker to Georgia's defensive front. That's kind of the simplest way to put that. Robert Barnes, thanks for your question, man. Always great, always ready to, uh, ready to, always happy to take care of anything you guys got. Um, Antoine Middleton gives a great comment on our Facebook feed about Jamie 
Newman and his ability to put a, put a team on his back. Uh, see if I can get through a bunch of questions. Uh, yeah, Robert Moody, it's kind of what it is. People are trying to lock down their class. As we wrote, reported last week, or we, as we just documented last week, some good reporting by Bud Elliott of 24-7 Sports. Uh, I think the number right now is over 700 kids are committed right now at this time of the recruiting cycle for this specific class. And that's uh, the number from like the past two years, uh, two, three years would only average like 250, 280, 300 um, commitments at this part of at this point of time. Got a lot of questions coming in. First of all, guys, thank you for all your questions. Thank you guys for hanging out. Uh, with us tonight on a Wednesday night for Dog Nation as well. Jim Withrow with the take. He said he would swap the uh, DBs for that entire uh, defensive line crew with that. Everybody realizes that that's the difference between uh, uh, the very good and the elite and the championship teams. Tom Lavelle has a question about which program convinced Ingram to hold off committing. I don't think that was going to be Georgia if he'd have made the commitment recently. I think Georgia, with a couple of schools, were the, were the ones to do that. Uh, James Crump wants to know, is Georgia recruiting any other receivers besides Cole, Deion Colsey? Yeah, that's Isaiah Brevard out of Mississippi, the number one player in Mississippi. There's Malcolm Johnson out of uh, kind of the um, D.C. metro area, the DMV up there. He's a speedster in every sense of the term. There's also Marcus Burke out of Trinity Christian in Jacksonville as well. Sonard Watson, how are you? Uh, James Crump, David Daniel is going to be a safety and a very good one at that. Uh, Jarvis Hannon wants to know about Quentin Somerville at defensive end. Jarvis, I think he's kind of in the mix there with a bunch of guys that Georgia's looking at right there. I would say Dallas Turner is a guy that's prioritized a little bit higher at that spot. Matt Talley wants to know uh, Carter's teammate. That's Jarvis Hancock, uh, the four-star cornerback. Uh, Georgia was recruiting him and not the extent others were. There was a time when uh, Jordan Hancock was going to go to Ohio State and it was almost done. But then he took one of those mystical visits to Death Valley in Clemson, South Carolina, and he immediately uh, wanted to jump in and be all in with that class there. bunch of guys i'm trying to catch up with all the comments you guys are always so great chandler v johnson i'm going to ask i want to answer that one fairly definitively i think georgia's only going to take one uh tied in in that class and it certainly feels like to me uh that the one that possesses something different than what georgia currently has in the program especially for todd munkin's offense uh that guy would be brock bowers as you saw from my top targets list be very interesting because you've got uh, Maliki Matavao uh, making his commitment decision on May the 27th uh, of last week. Uh, what's everybody having for dinner tonight? I hope everybody's uh, doing great. 
all about the waves. Gwinnett County uh, calls it the no-go zone for Georgia. Uh, you know what? AATW, I would say this. I think there's a couple of commitments in the 2022 class, at least one I know of, that will maybe revert some of that momentum. But it's pretty pretty interesting because um, this was a young one of the men, I'm, the young man I'm thinking of in particular that would give you be a guy I wrote about this past week, Marquise Groves Killebrew out of Grayson High. Uh, he actually grew up in Kentucky. Uh, I think Louisville area was where he was from. So he hasn't lived in Gwinnett County all his life. Uh, Kobe Curry, uh, you are a gentleman and a scholar because um, you reminded me about our last part of tonight's show, which was our kind of our our kind of target of the week. Uh, that's a guy that we've profiled recently on Dog Nation that I just wanted to kind of. Uh, give you guys a good verbal uh, read on what's going on. Last week was Prince Collie. That was the young man out of uh, Johnson City, Tennessee, who played for Davy Crockett High School. This week, we're going to uh, chop up all things Dijon Nugget Warren. Uh, first of all, guys, hope you guys got a chance to read the story. That was one of those that I had to crack my knuckles with and uh, kind of write the stew out of it because there were a lot of things to look at right there. Um, everybody wants to you know, hear about the criticism, so I'm going to address a criticism. Uh, you know, we wrote that story on dog nation about Dejan nugget Warren. And, uh, one of the, one of our valued commenters brought up, which I thought was a very logical opinion. Uh, they looked at his film and they said, uh, well, look at this tape. He's celebrating. He doesn't have really good form tackling. You can tell he's an athlete, but he doesn't seem really, real, really well schooled in the fundamentals. He doesn't seem like the type of player that, uh, Kirby, a Kirby smart, uh, recruiting class would include a defensive back. And I think really that's all fair, very fair points. But I think what you see there, uh, when you, 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 what you see there is, you know, a lot of guys do a lot of showboating or they're walking off the field before the play's over. Um, you see a lot of that, um, with a lot of these recruits as well. You just don't see that on their highlight tapes is what you see with Dejon Warren. Uh, you got to remember folks, let me go through the timeline. Uh, we got to go all the way back to 2014 when he was a junior varsity player. He was only about five foot four. Dejan returned to kick in practice, uh, about 90 pounds soaking wet, maybe even 85 pounds soaking wet. And uh, he made a play. His coach wanted to know who he was. He told him to take his helmet off. And he took his helmet off and he said, my name is Dejan Warren. But that coach at the time, and uh, this is kind of the Prince George area of Maryland, uh, saw his blonde fade. He saw his blonde kind of um, colored hair at the, at the very top. He called him Nugget. Uh, kind of thought he looked like he kind of thought that the young man looked like a chicken nugget. Uh, and that name has stuck. It's been that way ever since. Uh, Dejan had a neat little anecdote that said if he had a dollar for every time he's been called Nugget by friends, family, teachers, coaches, what have you, then he'd be a trillionaire and wouldn't need to play college football and then pro football for a lucrative NFL deal. Uh, but here's where it gets interesting. So freshman and sophomore year for Dejan Warren. Uh, he's a JV player. He's still growing. He had to grow. Um, after his sophomore year, he grew basically five or six inches and put on 60, 70 pounds. Um, his junior year, his first, his junior year of high school football, which would have been 2016, uh, he was not eligible to play. He didn't, uh, 
he wasn't academically eligible. He found out right after seven on seven season, and it was kind of a crushing blow for him. The same thing happened in 2017 season as well. He wasn't academically eligible. When he looks back on these days right now, he finds himself, he just calls himself, dude, I just wasn't focused. He had the loss of a dearly beloved grandmother, which affected him greatly, and he just didn't have a lot of focus in his life. Um, he tried to reclassify uh, to the 2018 class the following year, uh, and he went to another school to do so and get eligibility. He played five games of varsity football that year, and um, that was a two-hour commute each way. After about five games of the season, his mom and, and Dejan's family decided that was just too far to drive two hours, go to school and practice, and then drive two hours back, get home about 11 o'clock every night. So Dejan Warren uh, gave that up. He tried to retransfer back to his home school, um, I wasn't able to, to finish out there in 2018 uh, as a member of the class of 2018. So he had to go to an alternative school to graduate with the class of 2018. Um, so what he did then is he, he, he basically had to walk on to junior college football. Dejon Warren walks on, tries to, didn't have the finances in order to, to play his uh, the 2018 football season at uh, Lackawanna College in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Scranton, Pennsylvania there for all you office fans out there. And uh, he sat another season. So look at this. You've got 2018, 2017. He had five games in 2017. 2016, no games. 2015, no games. 2013 and 2014, he was a uh, junior varsity player. So really he went through his whole high school career and played five games of varsity football. He had needed a growth spurt. He, he then got to Lackawanna, didn't have the finances to pay his own way. Then he walks on uh, in January of 2019. He had the money to pay his tuition bills. He goes through spring practice. He immediately impresses, gets placed on scholarship, rises up from 15, fifth team at cornerback to first team, needed an injury for that to happen. And through that year, he became a junior college All-American. His top four right now is Georgia. Uh, no, no particular order, but it goes Georgia, Tennessee, uh, Oklahoma, and also uh, Penn State. So those are the, the only four schools he's given official visits to because those are the ones that he can see himself at that are recruiting him on a daily basis. Interesting things there with Georgia and Charlton Warren. Charlton Warren, Dejon Warren, they kind of kid about how unique it would be, ironic it would be if – uh, he would be coached by a position coach who shares the same last name. Uh, Dejan Nugget, very interesting guy to talk to, very down-to-earth guy to talk to. He shared a very uh, cool little vignette, cool little anecdote about how uh, Dej that Charlton Warren joked that those two might potentially be cousins. Uh, but the thing that really attracts uh, Dejan and Georgia together is the communication. Uh, they really have a good vibe together amongst all of them. Uh, Georgia communicates very well. He's not yet been to see Georgia, which is very interesting. Uh, but the main thing that he likes is he can look at DJ Daniel. DJ Daniel was a guy that um, came out as a junior college prospect, and Dejan Nugget Warren noticed him as the top junior college cornerback in the country. He saw where he went to, and then he, Dejan saw that DJ, Warren, DJ Daniel went to Georgia and played in 14 games. But, folks, I bet this is a fact that uh, is lost on a lot of you, maybe even some members of our Dog Nation reporting team, that I bet a lot of people don't know that DJ Daniel started the last 11 games of the 2019 season. Had a great year, 
in my mind's eye, I think he is the most pro-ready, along with Eric Stokes, defensive back on Georgia's staff, on, in Georgia's roster this year. I think he's going to have a bright professional future. I thought he did a terrific job last year. The way he can play, he can hang with smaller receivers. He's got ball skills. He's physical. He can run with guys. Uh, he can stay in that guy's hip pocket. Um, so anyway, Dejon Warren notices that and says, okay, let me put two and two together. Number one, this is a program that played a junior college player that took in the top uh, junior college player, uh, junior college cornerback prospect of a year ago. And what does DJ Daniel do? He starts 11 games for the top rated defense in the country. That really caught Dejon Warren's eye. Uh, Dejan, um, basically whenever DJ Daniel was playing for Georgia, he made sure to watch Georgia. And then you have the intersection of need, uh, Charlton Warren like, likes him a whole lot for the board. And that's where you have, uh, Dejan Warren, as we reported in that story, is going to make his decision on December the 14th. Georgia, uh, gets his final official visit on December the 11th. Very unique. I asked him the question. I said, is there any certain reason why Georgia's getting the, uh, final official visit, which would be the most enviable official, enviable last official visit. Uh, he said no certain reason at all. It just kind of the way it all worked out. So there you go. This week's recruit slash target of the week was Dejan Nugget Warren. I don't know if I've ever covered a guy like that who had so many times where he was going to give up uh, and uh, let go. He said it was really funny. Another part of the story we included is like, you know, a lot of us as parents, we tell our young our young kids, be careful who your friends are because your friends are who define you. If you look around your, your group when you're having a hang or you're chilling at somebody's house, your friends reflect who you are and reflect your values and they will shape you more than they know, more than you will ever know. And Dejan was ready to quit 17 years of age, 18 years of age, 19 years of age. Uh, and his friends and his really, his boys, his friends, his inner circle, they kept picking him up. They kept cheering him up. They kept brightening his day. They didn't let him get discouraged, and they didn't let him quit the game of football. Uh, very interesting part of the Dejan Nugget Warren story, who when he gets to Georgia, he will be a 21-year-old, uh, or he gets to Georgia or wherever school he ends up with, whatever school he signs with, when Dejan Warren arrives and rolls in college football in December of 2020. He will be a 21-year-old junior, and he will have three uh, years of eligibility to play uh, two seasons. Uh, there you have it. If you didn't know anything about Dejon Nugget Warren, now you know. Guys, I'm Jeff Sintel. I've certainly enjoyed hanging out with you guys for the last 45 minutes to an hour, chopping up all things Georgia football and Georgia football recruiting. If you missed the top of the show, I basically gave you my hierarchy of lists of the five college football programs that will stand in the way of Georgia having another number one recruiting class. We went through the teams that were involved and the kind of battleground players that were uh, affected by, by Georgia's board that were also uh, very highly regarded by those teams as well. Folks, I want to say thank you guys for joining us on Before the Hedges. I'm Jeff Sintel. Be sure to catch my buddy uh, Brandon Adams tomorrow morning back in the studio from Dog Nation World Headquarters. He's still going to have the beard. Um, we're going to be back uh, again real soon on your Dog Nation Facebook and YouTube pages as well. Certainly been a treat for uh, more than five years now hanging out with you guys, uh, talking all things Georgia football recruiting. I thank you for your interest. I thank you for following our stories on Twitter, reading our stuff on DogNation.com. And we'll have more of those again real soon on the pages of DogNation.com. From everybody on the team, I wish you all a good night. 
and we'll see you again real soon. Take it easy, everybody. Take care of everyone. Let's go. I'm a bulldog. So Georgia, who won't pick it? I love the family atmosphere and the way they handle business. Education is important. Trying to reach the next level. I want the best in life. I never settle.